Hi, this is Melissa Wood Tepperberg, and this is the Move with Heart podcast. Are you ready? <laughs> Just breathe it all in. I want to talk. I can't lie. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be short, sweet, and very spicy. And we're going to get right into it because apparently some of you think I talk too much. <laughs> Valeria Lipovetsky. Ah, this woman is, she is so many things. She is first and foremost, just a breath of fresh air. I have loved following her and getting to know her over all of these years. We met in the social media space and she is just a true light and someone that I think has immense wisdom that she shares in such an authentic real and raw and just incredibly beautiful way with her massive audiences across all social platforms. We talk a lot about her relationship with Gary, her husband, and just the woman that she is, the mother that she is, and how she moves about the uncomfortable things in her life by learning to get comfortable with the discomfort. I actually could have talked to her for hours, and I will say this right here, and I said it at the end of the episode, I truly believe that Valeria is one of the most incredible thought leaders of our time. On my walk here, I was literally skipping to be with you and to be in your energy and to just like be surrounded by your aura because like myself, you are such a curious woman. And Mm. I feel like you are on this quest of just constantly becoming who you are in every stage of life. And it's the energy I know I want to be around and surround myself with. But isn't it just so much? (laughs) It's a lot. And I used to feel like I'm sabotaging myself in a way, like this process of constantly wanting to learn and know more is pulling me away from being happy. But I think that with the years, I've realized that it's one of the biggest gifts that I have and that you have, because I see it in you as well. I I totally feel you. I feel like the world, we gravitate towards each other. We're always in kind of like the same, you know, surrounding And there's a reason for that. But I think that there's now I've come to be in a very, I guess, a place of surrender and acceptance that this is one of my greatest gifts. Mm. So I don't know. What's the alternative? What would be the alternative? I think to like have force against it, which is what's refreshing about you. I feel Mm. like there is this acceptance, this like this truth about you where you have the ability to be so honest and raw and relatable, but also inspiring and motivational. But you're not afraid, at least from an outsider looking in. Mm. It really looks like you're not afraid to share your truth. I'm so afraid. You are? I'm so afraid. And I think that I shared with you a little bit when you came in. Yeah. But when I 
started social media, part of the quest on social media wasn't like, oh, this is going to be a career or something that I want to do. It was more like I have to put myself in front of all these people to build that courage of showing up as myself because I didn't have that before. I was so scared of even exploring who I was. I think also coming from modeling, modeling can fuel that like, okay, here's a polished version of what you need me to be. You know, you show up, you're like, who am I today? You tell me, I'm not going to tell you. Right. So I got so used to that. And I feel like with social media, I was like, hey, this is an opportunity to really do this. And that was my, the beginning of my self-discovery journey, I would say. And I think that there's nothing more powerful of a mirror than other people, strangers, people that you don't know anything about, the way they react, the feedback they give you, the criticism they give you. It's so, like, it really shines light on all the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know? Mm -hmm. And it really took me down this amazing journey of like, I need to know more so that won't touch me anymore. So no one else can tell me who I am. Like I need to know more. And I think that that's, maybe that's kind of that quest of the self-discovery of just taking care of little Valeria because she did not know who she was. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm just here showing up for her. Mm. And I'm sure that there's a little bit, a little bit of that in every person that is, you know, deciding to show up every single day as themselves. Entirely. I mean, I think about that version often when I'm like really in it. Like I was saying Mm. to you right before we started when you're like, how are you? And I was like, I'm not good. (laughs) Like it's so weird to say that and be honest, but I've just been working on this like radical truth with myself, Mm. which has been, it's, it's been this like roadmap of me just looking at everything through a deeper lens. And it's so vulnerable and it's so challenging to do it, to like uncover the layers of like, well, I always say I'm good and I am good and I'm so positive in this. And I'm like, it's like every vessel has been drained. So to be able to look at that. But what prompted that for you? Like what made you wake up and be like, this is something's feeling off? I I think it's been this, there's this part of me that has so much contentment, but I'm, I'm like, but there's something missing. There is like something deeply missing. And I'm like, what the hell is it? (laughs) And even on your latest episode on Not Alone, it like you talked so much about this. And Mm -hmm. I was like, First of all, you're just a breath of fresh air, like just listening to you. I love that you're in the podcast space because I think if there's anyone to like have in your ear at this day and age with all the things that are in our ears and our faces and and we're just like constantly being shoved down Mm -hmm. our throat with so much nonsense. I'm so sick of it. I know. I'm really getting sick of what's trending and what's cool. And I'm just like, is it? cool to be that wasted and talk about blackout. And I'm just like, you are someone I want to inspire people because of 
who you are and how beautifully you share all of the things in your life. Because you you have been through a lot too. Like you grew up, give everyone a little bit of a background, Mm -hmm. maybe for anyone new listening to you, which I think these are all your fans as well, but to just share where little Valeria came from. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Um, I appreciate the words and the encouragement and the validation uh, from someone like you Mm. means a lot. I think that, I guess for me, I'm very careful not to present it as this really hard, difficult story that I've been through because I had a mother that was such a warrior that I actually lived in this amazing positive bubble. So although I had a lot of moving and changes and so many uncertainties, I had a positive childhood. But I was born in Russia and my mother was 19 when she had me, which was very common back then. And uh, she lost her father And she decided that she doesn't want to stay in Russia anymore. It was the 90s. It was very dangerous. And she decided to immigrate to Israel. So we moved to Israel, just her, 21-year-old, and me, 2-year-old. And we kind of started our journey of just trying to figure it out. And I think I draw a lot of my strength and courage from that story because I can't even imagine doing something like that without any support, without any money, without the language, without really any prospects of what's going to happen. And when we moved to Israel, I was just around her surviving, but thriving through that survival. So I used to be with her all the time, everywhere in all the jobs she used to work. And I just, she was just like so full of life. I never felt like, oh my God, it's so, we're struggling and it's always hard, you know? And she's still an anomaly for me because I don't know how you have that in you Mm -hmm. to just always be this like unbreakable warrior. And when I was 15, I started modeling. That was also a bit of a push from my mother. Not a bit, it was a full push from my mother. (laughs) Because I think she recognized how scared I was of my own shadow. I didn't have a voice. I preferred to be invisible. It felt better. I always had these like self-worth issues and it's hard to pinpoint where they came from because I had a parent that was very present when I needed her to be. But yeah, she just saw this opportunity of like, this is something you need to do in order to sink or swim. So she pushed me into it and it turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me because although it was extremely difficult, it also showed me the world, right? Because I grew up in a small town in Israel. And to me, that was it. There was nothing outside of it. Mm -hmm. And getting into modeling, starting to make money and be financially independent at the age of 16 and traveling the world, all of a sudden I was like, wow, there's just so much out there. Also with that, it made me spend a lot of time on my own. So there was a lot of loneliness that I grew to love and embrace. And then it became solitude. And now it's like 
It's literally just what I need in order to fill up and move through life. I just need solitude. (laughs) And that's my love language. And Gary, my husband, knows it. I'm like, don't buy me anything. I don't want trips. Just just leave me alone. (laughs) Just let me be. This is how I'm going to be the best version of myself. You just give me the space. We are so similar in that way. Like, I mean, you also have three boys. Yeah. And you're married and you're so many things that I want to dive into. May I ask you, do you have a relationship with your father? Because your mother, I'm obsessed with your mom. She's one of my. Can I please? Yes. I want to come to like, I know this is really, I'm fully inviting myself, but like your family function, like your holidays, maybe that's a little aggressive for me to ask myself. No, not at all. Everyone's coming. No, the kids, everybody. Your mom disembodies this presence that I swear to you, I'm like, I want to be like that. She's main character. She's the main character. Yes. Yes. It's a very interesting energy to grow up with as well, right? Especially, yeah, because, you know, with a mother and daughter relationship, you're going to learn as Eleanor gets older. It's a tricky one. She's my biggest teacher. Yeah, it's a tricky one. And when you have someone like my mother, who's very dominant and her masculine energy is just on another level because life just happened and she needed to show up as, you know, like that. And it's the way she loves, like it affects every aspect of her, the way she loves, the way she talks, the way she moves in the world. And there's a lot of beauty to it, but it also can get really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think when I left home at 16, that was also like the universe just knew when it was time for me to take all the wonderful things that she gave me and then go and start building my own personality, my own traits, my own wants and needs without that influence. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting how everything kind of developed. But yeah, she's absolutely, she's a rock star. She's a rock star. (laughs) So she raised you as a single parent. She raised me. I had a stepfather that came into the picture later on. But I think that a stepfather, although he was, he had big presence in my life, it still felt like he wasn't my father, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that I always had that feeling of that's my daddy issues where people will, they're there, but they might not stick around. And um, when my parents, my biological father, I never met him. So when we left Russia, I didn't know who he was. My mother caught all their photos, so I didn't even know how he looked like. And I carried his last name. And yeah, but I never knew who he was until the age of 26. Wow. Yes. So that was very interesting because that was an opportunity that I was very much planning to pass on. My mother called me and she said, you know, I really want to go back to Russia. I haven't been back to Russia since we left when I was two. And she said, I really want to go back to Russia. I want to visit her mom, my grandmother's grave. Let's go. And it's going to be an opportunity for you to see where you were born, where I grew up. You know, it's also a small town, Cherkesk. Like, I don't even know where it's located in the south. And uh, she said, it's an opportunity for you just to learn more and, and you can meet your biological father. And I feel like up until that moment, I had no interest because I was like, listen, he wasn't interested. He never was around. He never called. He 
you know, we, I don't need to meet this person now. But Gary said, you know what, this happens for a reason and you don't know if you're going to have this opportunity again. Mm-hmm. And he very much encouraged me to do it. And I decided to do it and vlog it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so I vlogged the whole kind of back to roots, meeting my biological father, like everything. Because I vlogged it first for me. I wanted to have the commentation and to have that to show to the kids to be able to tell a bit more of my story. And after I watched all this footage, I was like, I feel like it needs to be out there. Like it feels like it's going to heal maybe some people so I used to I was sitting at night editing this video and I put it out there and it was actually my first viral video on YouTube and it was absolutely insane to see the amount of people that it touched because we all have a story of abandonment a story of someone that should have been around that wasn't around and it was very therapeutic for me I feel like it was a way for me to close that circle without him being part of it I met him and he's a wonderful man by no means that I was like oh my god let's you know make up for all the lost time no because I didn't feel like there's anything else I needed from him I just needed that wow thank you nice to meet you Is there any medical history I should know about? (laughs) (laughs) That is so interesting. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. And there was a moment in on the trip where he's like, you know, I want to apologize for what happened and that I wasn't around. And it was so interesting because I thought that I was waiting for that. I thought that that will be my, oh, I'm closing that circle. And It wasn't. It was just, I said, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful life. And um, it made me realize that the journey that I needed, that forgiveness was all in me. It was me with myself, digesting it, you know, making peace with it and moving on. That's so powerful Mm. and emotional. Like it, it really is. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm very grateful for that part of my story because I think that it created certain needs and wants in my life that I was looking for in a partner because we all in one way or another looking for someone that will heal something, fill something that wasn't there growing up. And I'm so grateful that I had that because I was able to recognize it from a very young age because I got married when I was 21. Right. And I've recognized it in Gary right away. I was like, you? You're going to solve my daddy issue. You felt that immediately. (laughs) Yeah, I felt it immediately because I think that seeing also how my mother operated in her relationship and what she was seeking from these men, everyone was, her relationship was very much of like, an improvement project, you know, oh, this one has potential. Let me, <laughs> let me uh, work on that one. And then you know how that goes. And that, when you're and, done with the project, you and, move on. To the exactly. And the project was never done because never. you can't put a lipstick on a pig, you know, but it just showcased to me that I was looking for things that weren't obvious for a lot of women around me. I was looking for that this person is going to stick by me no matter what. You know, the things that I didn't have growing up. And that was very powerful for me. 
I can relate to that so much with me choosing Noah as a partner as well, because there was this, it's so hard to explain. And I think it's something you'll definitely understand. It was like this foundational support I had never felt before, Mm -hmm. but it was just being in the energy Mm -hmm. and the presence of like a man and someone who not only like says what he's going to do, but he actually follows through and does it with everything. Yeah. Like it was like a magnet for me. And I mean, looking at you with Gary and you got married at 21 and Gary is significantly older than you, which by the way, I love (laughs) how you guys are just like, you're zero fucks about the TikToks and the things about (laughs) all the, you know, because people have so much to say. Mm -hmm. What is your age gap? 18 years. 18 years. So like looking at that and without even knowing you, it's like, wait, what? But Mm -hmm. it really does go to show that like age is, it's just a number. And you have so much wisdom beyond your years. So it makes sense to me that you would date someone older. Yeah, I always knew that I'm going to be someone, yeah, I'll have someone older in my life for sure. I think that one of the things that I also very much loved about my relationship with Gary and still do, although now we kind of changed to a different season, but because I was so young and he had already his own experience, it just felt like I had this guide in life, right? Where he can just help you see the blind spots and do it without an ego and do it without this personal agenda. It was a lot of like, you are so special. Your life is so special. Like, let me help you and show you. And together we can bring all these gifts and all these wonderful things that you have in you. And what man, very few men do that, you know, that kind of self-sacrifice and very much of the kind of support that is very difficult to find. And he's just been a rock in my life. And I think that to me is love. You know, that's really what it is. That feeling of you wake up every single day, you choose each other every single day, you choose your future, your home, and you fight for it, you know, against the world. And that's honestly to me the definition of that stability and relationship and family. And constantly just choosing each other. A hundred percent. Right. Because when you first got married, you were 21 and now you've been married for 11 years, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I loved the point where on your podcast where you're like, at that 10 year mark, (laughs) if you make it through those 10 years. Yeah. It's true because. Did you feel that too? I mean, I like Noah didn't marry this Melissa. Like Noah had no idea Mm -hmm. that. You know, I was a completely, thank God, different person, like entirely. So now it is like every, it changes, like your relationships change as you change. And how have you guys navigated that? Because Gary is like, I think anyone and everyone who watches you and sees his just undying love for you, like it's like this pure love that it's like you, he holds you Mm -hmm. so high, but he also supports your each and every move. Mm -hmm. And you have shared 
that in the beginning, like it wasn't like that. Like you were not confident. You didn't really see your strengths. And he was someone who helped pull that out of you. Yeah, absolutely. He just recognized and always voiced it, which is so powerful because it became the voice in my head. Because before him, the voice in my head was my own voice of, you're not good enough. You don't know this. You don't speak well enough. You don't, you know, all the things that we kind of sabotage ourselves with. And when all of a sudden you have someone that's with you 24 seven and keeps telling you like your life is your art and you're so smart and you're so capable and you're so intelligent and, and also gives you feedback in a very real way. It's not all about just you're amazing and you can't do, you know, no wrong, but helping you uncover these strengths in you that he became the voice in my head. And then his voice became my voice, right? Of just being able, once I recognize all of this, because I took action, I've recognized all of this, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I, he helped, he very much helped me grow into myself. Just like you said, you know, with 21, obviously I was, I was a child. Like I didn't really, I thought I knew who I was, but I obviously had no idea. And then bring in the having one baby after another, after another, that changes you as well. Oh. Like, right? You go through, you're shedding so many identities over and over again. And every time you're like, oh, I think I got, no. <laughs> no, there's always something. And um, it was a very interesting journey of also moving from in the beginning where he was my guide and I was more following him in a way to then growing to myself and understand who I am as a woman and what I want to do and my views and, you know, have now different views. Like now we're two very different individual people and now walking side by side, mm. it's, it's learning how to operate that way and also learning when you let them lead again and then they let you lead. Like it's this constant game. Constant. Right? And it feels easier when you're with someone that has the same goal as you, right? The same understanding of values and morals. So that makes it much easier. And yeah, it's just been, it's been very interesting, this whole marriage thing. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of have to really go, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and I was telling her, we were talking about it. And she said, you know what? I just renewed my contract with my husband. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Tell she, me said, more. <laughs> she said, every 10 years we sit down and we're like, listen, I need to look at the terms again. We need to like revise. <laughs> and I thought it was so genius because it takes away the emotional aspect out of it and just look at it like, listen, this doesn't work for me. Right. We need to change the lingo here. We need to <laughs> swap this. And you're like, okay, let's go. You good? Let's sign and we're good for the next, uh, you know, until the next revision. <laughs> It's so true. Like, it's very similarly, like, you know, when I started dating Noah, I was so, I had no idea what I, what I wanted to do. I just knew I wasn't fulfilled and mm. what I was doing, which led me to traveling with him all the time, doing everything with him. He was kind of, you know, when we start, started dating, he had this, had built this successful life for himself. And I was like, I had no idea who I was and I was just grasping like what I liked in my mm -hmm. life. So I got really lost in 
shadowing him for a good majority of the beginning of our relationship until, I'll never forget this. I don't know if I've ever shared this. We were at Avenue, a club that they had in Chelsea. And it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And I went out with him and I just remember like looking around and looking up and it was like 1.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I have to work tomorrow. Like I had a job, you know, I had a, I had a job the morning and I'm like, this is not my job. Mm. Like it is not my job to mirror your work. I swear to you, I had like an aha 1.30 in the morning was definitely drinking at that point in my life. And I just, something switched in my brain where I was like, if you want to create and cultivate a life of your own, I had to give some separation and like some space from shadowing my partner. So for someone like you, when you guys first started dating, Gary wasn't working. You weren't working together. We weren't working together. I, he had his business and he was scaling really fast. So his business was like the thing, right? Like it was a big focus in our household. He was getting ready to sell and the same thing where I was like, I'm here. I'm shadowing you, whatever you need. Uh, This is your kind of moment. And for me, I was, thankfully, I married someone that never put pressure on me to figure it out fast. And he created the space for me to explore. So after I got pregnant and I couldn't model anymore, I knew that I needed to figure out what I'm doing next. The urgency came more for me. And I decided, you know what, I have this space. Let me lean into something that I'm interested in, which got me into holistic nutrition. And I kind of followed my interest and I was still supporting him. You know, I was with the kids at home and I was very much doing that. But slowly I was like, okay, what? I need to shed light on all these other things that I feel like inside of me. And I need to help this evolution process to get going. So I put the pressure on myself. He never really put the pressure on me. But then when he started seeing, when I started doing social media, because I never told him that I'm starting to do social media. He was still very busy in his business, working very hard. I was with the kids at home and I started tapping into social media. And when the money started coming in, he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) That's when they started to pay attention. (laughs) Is it illegal? I said, no, this is what I'm doing. (laughs) Like, look at me. And he very much recognized from the beginning because he had his business background in uh, internet marketing. He's like, this is the next thing. I didn't know. For me, I'm like, let me just, you know, build the courage to show up and do my thing and not be scared. But that's when he recognized something and really had the vision of what it could be. And that's when we kind of transition into working together slowly but surely. He started being more present, helping me build a real business. And um, that was also such a fun little journey to learn how to work together and navigate that. What is that like? In the beginning, it was hard because I think it was harder for him because he had the experience. So he's like, I know what needs to be done. And I'm like, excuse me. This is my business. I know what needs. You don't understand. You don't understand my audience. You don't understand. And he's like, okay, at your own pace, no problem. You know, and now it's funny because we are doing things. Like sometimes he gives me this look when we 
making certain changes in the business. And he looks at me and I'm like, I know you said it three years ago. I know you're right. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> they but, have to hear that. Yeah. So for him, I think it was uh, a lot of patience. And I, I admire him for that to not only be able to be there through my own changes as a woman and, you know, making sure that he's not getting too involved in my own evolution, but also on the business front, doing the same thing. Like that man has so much patience. Oh, no, I do. <laughs> yeah. So what does he navigate with the business? So when we started, we very much wanted to create something that just wasn't around which was building a media company around a personal brand. When we started doing it and started building that infrastructure, it was like six years ago. No one was doing it. Everyone was, you know, every creator was their own accountant and ed editor and video, like everything. Right. And when I started, I learned all those skills and I was issuing the receipts and doing the accounting and shooting and doing everything. And that was wonderful. But when it started really going, he's like, we need to build an infrastructure so you'll be able to focus on your strengths, which was to be in front of the camera, not behind it. Because I would shoot for one hour and then sit and edit for nine. Right. So he very much just had this understanding of what needs to be done and the opportunities that were in front of us. And now we build an amazing organization, Valeria Inc., and we have 17 people and we operate as a fully like media advertising agency. It's nice. incredible. It's yes. And now he stepped away because we have a CEO. He stepped away. He's doing other things and... For the business. No. Okay. Uh, doing like uh, just personal investments. He started a podcast as well. I know. It's amazing. A passion project and he's doing great. Like it looks so good. I'm so proud of him. So he has the freedom now and, and I love it, you know, because when we started, he was doing the work and I was figuring out what I want to do. And now it's kind of like... I have my thing going on. We have an amazing business. You have now the space to figure out like what is next for you. And that's the exciting part about partnership, right? Where you're able to recognize this. Okay, now I'm going to do this. You go do your thing. And next year I might need to step back. So you need to lead. Um, so that's where we're at now. It's such a beautiful partnership that you guys have. It shines through just the ebb and flow of the support and just the allowing each other to mm. be your own person. Yeah, that was very important to me. And something that he, I always share this story because it was a big shift for me. It was kind of a validation of I'm marrying the right person. I remember before we got married, because I was very young, he very often used to sit me down and be like, are you sure this is what you want? Like I've been through, I lived my life, I did my thing, but you're very young. Are you sure that this is it? And I was like, yes, I'm sure, I'm sure. And uh, one day before our wedding, he sat me down. He's like, listen, we need to talk about Wednesdays. And I was like, what do you mean Wednesdays? And he said, I don't want you to walk into this in a way that's very common for a lot of young women where they think that this honeymoon phase, this constant excitement and, you know, is constant because it's not. There's going to be a lot of Wednesdays and marriage consists of mostly Wednesdays. And he, you know, really helped me to look at marriage and partnership from such a realistic point of view because it is like a Wednesday is just like you just 
a lot of the time you just need to get through it. You know, it's just like, oh my God, it's, it's a hump day. <laughs> and marriage has a lot of hump days. And I think that walking into this with that in my mind, rather than I will always feel this way and it's always going to be this exciting and passionate and new and fresh. I think that helped our partnership a lot. That is such a good story. Mm. So many people, like if there's anything you can take, like it's just the reality of what it is. Like spending time with anyone, a lot of time with anyone. It's just the nature of what things can evolve into. The first time I slept on my Brooklyn and sheets, I was like, okay, I get it. Now I know what all the rage is about. Brooklinen is the perfect way to build this indoor oasis. And I don't know about you, but I love to make my home like just a sanctuary because there is nothing like diving face first into your bed after a long day with kids and business and all of the things. I can tell you that the options are endless. So do yourself a favor of simplifying your shopping by their bundling bed, bath, and both. It's incredible. The savings are phenomenal and you can save time and up to 25%, you guys, when bundling your favorite home essentials. You can shop in-store or online at brooklinen.com today to give yourself the most incredible sleep that we all deserve. Use promo code HEART for $20 off your online purchase of $100 or more plus free shipping on brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Use promo code HEART for $20 off plus free shipping. Sleep well. I will, first of all, Valeria and I met, we dove in like face first. We met online. We did. It was during COVID. Pre, a little pre, pre COVID. -COVID. Yes. Yes. But I feel like our relationship blossomed during COVID because Mm -hmm. we went live together. We worked out together. We did a few things. And I remember the first time meeting you. It was actually at the place that I ate right before this. And I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, we, so funny going to, you know, sit down with you and we had breakfast there. But you said something to me that actually made me like take a step back and like reinvest in myself and what I was doing in a different way. And I remember meeting Gary too. And Gary was very much like, okay, you're at this point. Now you need to reinvest and you need to really focus on your infrastructure and and you have to build out your team. And, but you were like, I have full-time videographers. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was like I was doing things more freelance or more part-time. And leaving that conversation, it was like, you really inspired me to like, you know what? I have to like step on the gas because I've been like tapping on the pedal. And mm. it's, I think that is the beauty of this space of being able to meet people like yourself and like-minded creators, but creators in so many different genres and doing so many different things, but being able to take something and to learn. And I remember that so vividly because I left that breakfast and I was like, all right, like I'm going to go for it. Yes. And you really did. I'm really (laughs) proud of you. (laughs) 
because I was very passionate sharing it with you. I remember that day vividly as well. It's funny because I was thinking about it on the way here. I saw that you recognized something in yourself, but you weren't betting fully on yourself. Mm -hmm. You were just kind of like, there might be something here, but I don't know if everyone feels the same or if this is something worth really leaning into. And it's a scary thing. I mean, it's a scary thing to make that decision, to start taking yourself seriously, to look at it from a bigger perspective. It takes a lot of guts. And I saw that in you and I felt it. And I'm just like, I really, I left that conversation. I'm just, I hope that what I said did something and pushed you just that little nod that you needed. And I'm happy to hear that it did because now the world been blessed with the MWH revolution. <laughs> and I'm so happy that I was a small little part of it. You were a part of it. You're so sweet. Thank you. I mean, it's powerful to surround yourself with people who help you see everything differently, but most importantly, yourself. And I, yeah. and that's why I, I said in the beginning that if there's anyone to have in your ear, like it just makes me so happy that like of all people, it would be you because I, you have that gift of being able to help others look at themselves in a different light. You do, girl. Thank you. You have it. That means a lot to me. That means a lot to me because I always was looking for those very clear description of what I'm doing. Okay, you're a singer. Your gift is to sing. Your gift is to dance. Your gift is, I don't know, build a product. And I could never place my fingers like, what do I do? And it's only recently that I've kind of stepped more into it. Like my gift is to share my journey and to be open about it. So someone that listens or sees or watches can pick up one little word or one little concept or something that will start their own inner revolution. And that to me is, that's what I'm here for. And that's been a huge shift for me. It's a powerful shift. And one thing that you shared on social media that I was, I was like, wow, it was the moment when you shared your greatest failure. Mm. And I was like, first of all, it's so humbling, right? Mm. To be able to go for something that you desire and really go for it. And you really did go for it. And then to get to a point where it feels like maybe it isn't it. Can you walk me through? Because I feel like that, I literally wanted to call you and be like, tell me everything. <laughs> like, how do you get to the point of feeling confident in sharing that? Because it, it's usually something people want to hide. Yeah. That was honestly one of my greatest moments so far in my career. It probably is topping a lot of more obvious successes. That moment was very real for me. So I started a brand. It was accessories. And then we got into clothing. And for me, it was just, it made sense. I'm like, I have the audience. I'm in the fashion industry. Let me do this. And we did it on our own. I started like in a very random way because I just wanted to 
create sunglasses that I couldn't find that fit me. Uh, so it came about very organically and then it just kind of started going and we're like, okay, I guess we have a brand now and that's what we're doing. And we started investing it. We're like, okay, let's go for it. Let's really lean in. Let's learn the business manufacturing. Oh my God, the fashion business is, let me tell you. Tell me. The worst industry in the world. Like that and hospitality. <laughs> There's two In tough my ones. Opinion, <laughs> those two are wow, you gotta really you gotta really believe, you know? And I wasn't afraid of the challenge. I was very curious to see where it goes because it was one of my kind of dreams, you know, to have my own fashion line. And every step forward felt so difficult. Mm. And then there were so many setbacks. And it just felt like there was this constant resistance and I couldn't figure it out because I kept on trying to change the way I do said maybe I'm the one who's kind of standing in the way maybe I'm not doing something right and we kept on reiterating on the process and hiring consultants and trying to figure it out and then at some point I had to stop and be like do I want this mm -hmm. like am I really bringing value here if this product or this dress doesn't exist, is it really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I started thinking about, I'm taking space from someone that is, that's maybe their dream. Like I was, I love clothes, but I did not wake up in the morning with this burning desire to design, you know? So I started asking myself these questions and I just decided, and we're all decided collectively in the company to just be really realistic about it and to say, you know what, like we've tried, we really tried. I tried. And it was, you guys had an amazing product. We I had, loved everything. Thank you. Truly, sunglasses. I have the set. So wear the sets. Thank you. You were suits. a great supporter. I appreciate loved, you. I loved your, your brand. Yeah. And I was very, I mean, I put my heart and soul into it, but it's just, there was something missing. There needs to be more in you to continue pushing for something like that. So first of all, I have a whole new level of admiration for people that go for it because it's very difficult. And it takes like 10 years to get to a point where you're like proudly can say, this is my brand, mm. you know? So now every time I see, like when I see Ronnie, I'm just like, you are my hero. When I see all I these people that are fighting every single day, because it's a fight it's every a fight. single day to create something, I truly admire it on another level. So when I decided, okay, this is time to shut it down, obviously we're like, okay, do we just slowly, you know, winding it down. No one will notice. We stop talking about it. It's going to go away. <laughs> and for me, I was like, wait, but my actual purpose, my actual job that I love and show up every day is being transparent and telling my story. This is part of my story. So I decided to celebrate it as my first big failure and pop the champagne which was inspired, by the way, by Joanna Griffith Nix, the founder of Nix. I remember I just saw her. She, there was something on her Instagram where she was like drinking champagne and she was talking about that concept. And I was like, oh, one day I'm going to have a failure champagne. And that was that moment. And I just celebrated and I poured everything out. And I truly, when I hit post, I'm like, this is it. Like mm -hmm. I set it free. 
I did what I needed to do. I tried as much as I, you know, could, and I have no regrets. It reached a lot of people. It reached a lot of people, and it made a huge difference. And I got reached out by people that are going through it, people that we look from the outside being like they're living the life, they have super successful businesses, reached out to me being like, thank you so much for just opening that conversation a little bit, you know, like opening that space, making us all feel that this is just, you know, you have to be self-aware. You have to ask these questions and sometimes you have to make really difficult decisions. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was very special for me. I admire it so much. And I just, I saw so much strength in that. Like I was like, you are, you are one of those people though, that it's so interesting because while you share so much and you're so public, you have so much mystery about like, I'm like, you are such a mysterious woman. I love it. I think it's, it's true. Like it's like, There's so much out there, but there's so much that you can tell you have this sacred space Mm. with yourself and this need maybe not to share that thing. And it's, yeah, seeing that, I just, I remember being like, this is a woman that just like keeps surprising me (laughs) and keeps like, keeps us all kind of. Thank you. Guessing. I love that you recognize that because I think that only a handful of people can recognize that because most people are like, are you not worried for your privacy? Like you share so much. And you and I both know. I know you don't. I know and you, you too. I yeah. know that oh. you save things to yourself. There's certain corners that are just, it's ours. It's not for the world. But very few people can recognize that. Are you like that with your sex life? Because that has been something people have been like, you get so uncomfortable. And I'm like, no, no. Don't confuse discomfort with a boundary. Exactly. That's so true. Social media can be very tricky where I think that we look at a lot of conversation as like, oh, let's break barriers and walls and let's just talk about things. And I, on some issues or some topics, I'm like, yeah, I'm all about it. But I don't feel the need to talk about everything. No, I'm with you entirely. (laughs) Yeah. But I think Gen Z is really, I mean, for me, when I open TikTok or things like that, and I see the kind of conversations, I'm just like, wow, okay. What do you think about the Gen Z generation? That is is the least cool thing I've ever said. (laughs) I can't, I'm really trying to connect on a level and I'm like, I just have to be myself and it's fully not. I already accepted. It's fully not as cool as everyone is these days. Like, I'm just like, all right, just... But you don't want to try to play that game. No, Like, we have our own arena. Like, let's play there. Okay, can we talk about that? Because I think... And you are someone who I see, like, you do trends and you do things. You always do things in your own way, Mm -hmm. which I love. But you never seem like the person who's trying to immerse yourself in, like, what is actually trending. So I have my slip-ups here and there, um, and I, I learn a lot when I do those. I had one recently, actually. It was really interesting. So there's this one young girl. She's maybe 10 or 11 years old, and she has she's going viral on TikTok where she is talking. She does her skincare makeup routine. 
12 step routine. It's amazing. She's and 10. just, yes. And she's talking about the things that she hates. And she says, when someone says this, or when someone says that. And when I saw that video, I was like, oh my God, these are the kind of girls I was scared of in school. Like, those were so intimidating. So I did a reaction video of me just doing my skincare routine and I'm just listening to her. I didn't say any words or anything. I was just like, you know, real-time reaction. You have the best expressions. And I posted it and it started going viral. And then I was sitting with it and I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, this is something that is obviously catching on, but this feels weird. This feels weird that a 33-year-old is, even if I didn't mean for it to come out as judgy, right? it feels a little weird. Mm-hmm. So I immediately deleted it. And then I sat with it and I'm like, I need to step back a little bit because when you're so in social media, you're so involved, you're so in it, sometimes certain lights get blurred. And that's why there needs to be such like, oh my God, so much more regulation and so much more conversation around kids and teenagers using social media because it happens to adults where you start things that you were complete no for you are now is like, oh, maybe this is kind of funny, you know? So social media is very interesting to me, but I love, I see a lot of positive. I see a lot of wonderful conversation. I jump on trends uh, because I do see things that are I feel like even teaching me more about myself, like yesterday we did the tube girl challenge. Have you, have you seen that? No. This is exposure therapy at its finest. So it's this girl and she's like the biggest thing now. She goes on the tube and she does these like basically oh, music thing, videos. this thing. Yeah, yeah. In I public. Oh. So when I first saw this, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is insane. But then I, I kept looking at what people are doing and I'm like, oh my God, this is kind of a social experiment in a way. This is something where it makes people go and do something that they're really scared of, right? To do it in public and to just kind of be in your own world. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this is actually really cool, you know, to do something that's completely make making you meet yourself in a different way, see yourself in a different light. Anyway, so there's a lot of these things that are constantly happening in social media and I'm very tapped in. This is completely like, I love what I do. So I'm very connected to it, but it requires a lot of, let's sit down and think about it a little bit before jumping on every single thing. Right. Because things, I mean, there are consequences and like even taking the pause and being, I've done things too, by the way where I've been like, oh God, I so did not mean me to talk about her perspective and share mine in a way that like I'm judging hers. It's just, you have so much self-awareness. That's my favorite quality about you is your ability to really see yourself and the consequences of your actions. It really Mm -hmm. shines through how thoughtful you are. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you do a really good job. And I feel like with all the things that you do, not that you, I know you don't identify as your work, but how do you describe what you do? Are you a content creator? And give everyone just a little walkthrough in like a day in your life because you have three boys, Mm -hmm. you're married, you moved from Canada to Miami. Yes. What a transition. What a transition. I miss the videos of you being in the gym at like 6 a.m. taking off three layers of clothes when it was like I I don't. 
that was a very nice uh, change for me. Um, yeah, the move to Miami was amazing. Another like recent shift that happened. But to answer your question, what my day looks like. I mean, when someone asks, what do you do? I say influencer, content creator, because it's the easiest way to explain. I feel like I used to be like, well, I'm a thought leader in the space of fashion <laughs> and um, trends. And that was really weird. So I'm at this point, I'm just, I'm a content creator influencer. And my day is complete. I mean, I feel like we're both on the same kind of thing where the schedule is very rigid because we want to do all the things that we want to do. All the things. And there's constantly new projects and new exciting things. So for me, Part of having a team is keeping me accountable and making sure that we're able to do everything. So I have the days that are purely dedicated to shooting. I have days when I like do two days a, a week. Lot of, How many days? Do like you shoot? three days a week, I would say. Okay. And then I have days where it's now with the podcast. I would say once or twice a week I record an episode. That's a lot. That's a lot because we're trying to catch up. It's yeah. hopefully going to be a bit more spread out. And then just the meetings and the, you know, housekeeping and all the things that needs to be done within the company. And yeah, and then I'm very much trying to have a strict schedule in a way. So I wake up in the morning, I do my gym, I come back. You do for what time? I usually wake up at like five to do the gym, to go to Pilates or to the gym at six. I'm back by seven. The kids are up. We can have breakfast together. Usually Gary does drop off. Sometimes I'll join if I have a, you know, a lighter morning and that's it. And then once they're out the door, start getting ready, doing the things and go on my day. But then I try to be done by five and I'm home. But you know how it is. I mean, it never really ends. So okay. I'm, I'm done, but I'm not really done. And I do have, like, my phone shuts down at 7. Every day? Yeah, 7 wow. p.m. That is amazing, <laughs> but I still know my passcode. So <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work, but the intention is there. And I give myself grace. I give seven myself— 7 is early. 7 p.m., yeah. I'm like— Like, no more emails. No more emails. Don't talk no to me. No more posting. No more posting, no. yeah. I'm like a late-night poster. Are you? Yeah, I feel like I get very inspired when the kids are asleep and I like have my mm. legs up the wall. I'm done with my emails. I read a few pages of my book and I'm just like my light bulbs like just start to go off. And I feel, I honestly think that's the time that I've always connected with my audience. Like mm. like the 8 to 9.30 time. Yeah, no. I, I think <laughs> that even if I feel the need to connect, I'm like, no, it's a boundary. That's good. Yes, but I'll I'll write down something if I have a concept I want to expand on, but it's very much me time. Like it's it's time to. What does your solitude look like? I love reading, and I love walking, which is not very doable in Miami. It's not a very walkable city, but just honestly, any I don't need much. I can just sit in the room. I'm just like <laughs> staring out the window. You can it's tell great. your mother. Yes. Just Is it just wonderful. pure chaos waking up in the morning? Like I feel like our mornings right now, I thought as the kids got a little bit older, I find it the most challenging time right now. Eight and five. Like I'm like. It's, <laughs> a, it's a lot. I mean, Maxie, who's my youngest, he's, he's four. four. He's the easiest. It's the 10 and eight that I'm just like, come on. Yeah. 
I used to There's wake needs. up by myself, feed myself, go to school. Like no one even was around to supervise. It's like, put Same. your freaking shoe on, let's go. But um, it's part of the fun. And I'm trying to remind myself that this is like Jake is 10. I don't ha- I don't know how much more time I have until he's like, okay, thank you enough. I'm doing my thing. You have great children. I'll never forget when you guys came to the Hamptons. That was like so long ago. So long ago. And I felt like our kids, they had a nice connection, but you just, you've raised such great boys. Thank you. No, You and Gary. This is a shout out for Gary too. Yeah, huge shout out to Gary because yes, I feel like he really stepped into fatherhood in the last couple of years. And it reminds me when I first had Jake and Ben, because they're very close in age, I was very frustrated with the involvement that Gary had with the kids. And I expressed it to him and he said, listen, we have help. We have a nanny. I don't expect you to do everything yourself, but I don't feel like my value will come from me changing a diaper. And that's just how I feel. He said, but I assure you when they're going to hit a certain age, I'm going to step in and I'm going to be the main caregiver. Like, I promise you, because there's going to cut time and need, especially with three boys. There's going to come a time where I really have to be there to shape them as men. And I'm like, okay, got to trust you on this one. And you know what? He kept his promise. He really showed up. And it's amazing to see how... The boys are just so connected and mm. so it's an, an amazing energy, such a blessing to have such a present father in their lives. So it just makes my job easier, my life easier. I'm very grateful for it. And yeah, they're they're good boys. How do you navigate being a social presence and knowing, like the boys know that mm-hmm. you're on social media, like how do you guys feel about them being on social, like, what is your take on that? I think you have a no iPad rule now. We do, but it's, oh my God, it's just, it's really hard. It's really hard because each kid has different levels of dependency. Jake is very dependent on electronics where Benjamin can kind of take it or leave it. And then Max is just kind of whatever. So the hard thing is that whatever we implement for Jake has to be implemented for all of them. So it's a little tricky to navigate, but we stay away from that during the week. They get their hour on iPads on the weekend, but it's a lot of work. And we literally had to, we used to keep the iPads in the safe and now we had to take them out of the house. So they know that they're just like, there's no iPads. Even if you, I wanted to, even if you annoy me so much that I break, there's no iPads in the house. (laughs) So it's, listen, it's a huge, it's such a challenge. It's such a challenge and we haven't cracked the code yet. And we're still trying to figure out and understand how you raise kids that know how to use social media and knows how to use electronics. They don't have their own social media, but just knows how to even have a healthy relationship with it because it's another form of addiction, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's hard. It's a lot on the parents. It's a lot on the parents because it feels like, they're trying to get you everywhere. You know, if it's the YouTube, sometimes like when they watch something, I look at what they're watching. I'm like, this is, this is popping like brain cells. This is ridiculous. Like I can't believe that this is the type of content that is out there. And it's, 
reminds me of my responsibility when I create content to not continue adding to the junk out there. But it's very upsetting. I have to say it's upsetting to see how much nonsense is out there shown to the children. And it's scary to think about when like they're in control of their electronics. But yeah, I think what we try to do a lot is to be very open. So we talk about our business very openly with the kids. They know how it operates. They understand why we do what we do. So social media is not just to get likes and be popular. It's a business. And, you know, we can do all these things and afford all these things because this business is making money and this is how it's making money. And this is how. So we try to connect it to entrepreneurship and that aspect. But yeah, I mean, listen, now kids, I don't know about Benjamin's class, but in Jake's class or in Ben's class, everyone wants to be a YouTuber. Oh, yeah. Well, Benjamin's not there yet, but he's very aware of yeah. you, like, you kind what of can't... social media is. Yeah. He's asked me how many followers I yeah. had, which I did not tell him because... I'm sure he already knows because someone he, in that class... He may, yeah, but I, I really tried to shift it towards... But you see... I feel like, and I don't know, I mean, this is all trial and error, we'll see. But I think that connecting it to this is how much followers, because you're not going to really be able to hide it from him for long. It's true. Right? So just like, I have this amount of followers, but because these are a community of women that are looking for wellness and like, there's a bigger purpose, right? Yes. Yeah. So we try to do that, but... I know. It's true. It's like... We see how it goes. We have to do like the best that we can with what we have and the values and tools that we know, Yeah, you know, to help navigate these times because it's literally taking over our, our world and just yeah. wait until yeah. they're, they're bigger. I have a folder on my Instagram of saved videos of all these really smart experts that give this advice on how to manage that. And I tell myself one day I'm going to follow through on implementing all of these wonderful things. But until then, <laughs> they're in my folder. That's good. I think it's so good. <laughs> well, I could honestly, Valeria, like, I don't even know. What time is it? If we, we've gone well it's over an, an hour. <laughs> I could keep going, but I, I can feel I'm like, okay, well, you have your own podcast now. So you'll be diving in so much deeper. And you know what? I'm going to change it up because I intuitively feel like we have these rapid fire questions and I've been feeling like I want to really carve them out for each guest. And I've mm-hmm. had these things kind of intuitively come up being here with you. And one thing was because when I was listening to your recent episode that I loved and everyone has to go listen to, you said something that you know your mission, like you know your your life's mission or, or your values. And I would love to hear mm-hmm. what your mission is. What do you feel at this point in your life? My mission is to share my self-discovery journey and to, like I mentioned earlier, by sharing it and being open and vulnerable and showing aspects of that journey to hopefully touch someone in their own journey. Because that's, I think, just what we're all here for, mm-hmm. right? To create an opportunity for connection, for a lesson, for a realization. And I look at myself like a vessel. And I'm a vessel for all these people that are following me through my own actions and my own, you know, storytelling. I'm the vessel. You are such a strong vessel. <laughs> we're so lucky to have. <laughs> What advice would you give for someone who is 
very interested and intrigued by this work and they're just starting and they don't know where to start, like what is something you would say to someone? I think that, I think experimentation is very important. I think that in the beginning, it's a lot of unknown and it's a lot of being comfortable with being very uncomfortable. So just leaning into the being very uncomfortable and cringy and all the things because we've all started there. And it's very much a journey. Like you just, you won't know your mission until you're really deep in it, right? You don't know what's your niche. You don't know what's your value until you've done all these different things and you get the feedback from within and from the outside to kind of show you the way. So just really going for it and not overthinking it. Good luck. (laughs) I know you love to read. What are three books that changed your life that you feel like are like three of the most profound books that you feel everyone should pick up? Mm, New Earth by Eckhart Tolle was a huge shift for me, especially in motherhood, because it really helped me to differentiate my identity from the roles that I play. Because before, I thought that it all has to be my identity. So that was a huge one for me. And I need to read it again because I think that every time you open it, you just find new learnings. That one I have to like take slow. I love Mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle, but I find sometimes I'm like, what? It's very dense. It's very dense. Yeah. That one was wonderful. Uh, A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl was is also life-changing. I think that the concept of suffering is we have to reframe it in society the concept of meaning like just it's it's a really powerful book and one more book that left an impact on me no i think just like if i really have to think about it those two just always come up for me great yeah love it this podcast is called move with heart so i'd love to know what it means to you to move with your heart What it means to me to move with my heart. I think just moving in, and I I think I kind of hate this term now, authenticity, because it's just very overused and abused, but just truly moving with the core of me, with every decision and the words that I use and the conversations that I have, making sure that it is connected to like a deeper place. Mm, So good. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but I truly believe you're one of the greatest thought leaders of our time. Melissa, I'm not going to cry on this episode. Stop it. No, I, I really mean it. And and I've Thank I've you. always felt that from you. You have such an innate sense of wisdom in you, but it's not even your wisdom. It's the way in which you share and you have the ability to connect with so many people from just really being yourself. It's such a beautiful gift. And I see you speaking to millions and millions and millions of people. I see you on stage. I see you all over. And I know you love fashion and all those things, but that's where I see you. You know what? Same. I see me there too. Is it? Yeah. Good. Exactly. That's the amazing place to be at where you finally are able to step into your power and to say these things out loud. I would have never said this out loud a couple of years ago. And now I'm sitting there and people are like, so what's the plan? I'm like, a book. 
a this, a that, like I see it. Yes. And I'm here and I'm showing up every day because I'm, you know, I have to take the stairs. Taking the stairs. We're taking the stairs. <laughs> it's a climb. Yes. And there's no like final no. finish line or destination. It's just, Mm-mm. it's constantly oh, I love that, shifting and swaying and changing. And yeah. that's the beauty is, yeah. is to see where it all connects. And I love you. Thank you so much. You were just in Milan yesterday, you guys. I literally looked at her Instagram and I was like, Dylan? Valeria's in Milan. (laughs) I don't think she's coming today. I'm kind of worried about (laughs) watching this episode. And like in my head, we have this wonderful, amazing conversation. But the jet lag, I'm just like, I hope it all made sense. Oh, you were powerful. You were so on. No one would ever know that if I (laughs) didn't share it. I love you. I appreciate you. I love you. you. I really do. I love you. And I just, I can't wait to keep watching you fly. Thank you. Same here. I hope you enjoyed that episode. We have a special offer for our Move With Heart listeners. When you join MWH as a new member, you will receive an entire month that's 30 days for free. And this is in addition to our seven-day free trial. All you have to do is head to melissawoodhelp.com and use code MOVEWITHHEART. At MWH, We believe this practice is not just about building this body you desire. This work is about building a better, stronger relationship with yourself. And that is why we offer everything from movement, meditation, and nutrition to help you not only look, but most importantly, feel your best. Follow me on Instagram at Melissa Wood Tepperberg and MWH at Melissa Wood Health. Tune in for an all new episode next week and I cannot wait to see you all on the mat.